What if there is power in generosity? What if the act of giving generously could open the doors to greater happiness, fulfillment, and prosperity? I'm Mindy Audlin, and in this episode of the What If It All Goes Right podcast, you'll meet David Hancock, author of the new book, Performance Driven Giving, the roadmap to unleashing the power of generosity in your life. So buckle up and dive in to a generosity joyride. Let's do it. I'm here with David Hancock, Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, founder of Morgan James Publishing and co-founder of Performance Driven Thinking. He's also the co-author of the new book, Performance Driven Giving, the roadmap to unleashing the power of generosity in your life. So welcome, David. It's so great to have you here. Oh, it's an honor to be here. So good to see you again. And I'm looking forward to sharing something. I don't know. <laughs> something. Well, so let me ask you. So this is the road, the roadmap to unleashing the power of generosity in your life. Why do you think this topic is so important right now? Oh my gosh. I think it's important all the time, you know, but right now, you know, people are hurting, you know, people need uh, encouragement and lifting up. And sometimes um, whether it's through an organization or whether it's through an individual, that level of generosity today more than ever might be just one aspect that they need, whether it's a financial burden or just some encouragement, giving of your time or your resources or your money is exactly what people may need. You know, lives can be changed uh, in a conversation. Lives can be, can be changed by helping them just get to the next payday or giving them, you know, shelter from, from the elements. It's just, um, especially past COVID with the suicide rate going the way it was uh, and continues to climb, every little bit that we can be mindful at least of where we can give or where we can serve, um, I think it's going to be very, very impactful. Now, obviously, from a business perspective, you know, giving has always been a phenomenal guerrilla marketing trait. Uh, certainly, we want to give selfishly, but from a business perspective, giving is probably one of the most powerful guerrilla marketing weapons you can have in your arsenal. Uh, and we can talk more about why later, but, um, you know, people respond to it subconsciously. And also, you know, uh, certain tax benefits certainly be helpful, but uh, giving serves you just as well as it serves others. Why, why, why did you choose giving? Like what's going on with you? What's your background with giving and generosity that inspired you to write this book? That's a great question, but also a very cool personal one. So it, it goes way back to just um, my parents. You know, my parents have always taught us to, to be giving people uh, even from a biblical perspective, we were always raised that we need to tithe our resources, you know, back to the church. You know, I'm a firm believer that tithing is is can be significant in our lives. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember when we were um, gracious, uh, probably in, in our 20s, uh, we were tithing. It wasn't always easy, but we were sitting in church one day. Now, this isn't necessarily a, a, a biblical message, but we were sitting in church one day, uh, and the preacher had that particular sermon up that day. It's like you need to give, you know, and like we hear it all the time, and sometimes it's uncomfortable sometimes it's not but he was challenging us and he basically said you know i challenge you to tithe like you're supposed to which you know from from the bible we were supposed to give 10 percent of our, our gross income back to the church that we serve or that serves us and he was challenging us to do it we hear, hear it all the time but he added a caveat that ultimately i think ended up changing my life uh, from a giving perspective that ended up going on into my business life and he said 
if you give over the next 90 days the way that you know you're supposed to, I guarantee that you will have an abundance above and beyond whatever you gave. And he said, I guarantee it so much so that I will reimburse you all the money that you give to the church if it doesn't happen. And I'm like laughing at this guy, elbowing my, my bride, but then feeling, okay, maybe we need to maybe be a little bit more intentional. And sure enough, you know, within weeks, more money was coming in from unexpected places than we were giving. And at the end of the 90 days um, or whatever, um, you know, we saw an abundance. So we, we were able to, we stuck with it through the hard times and through the good times. So then when we launched Morgan James years later, I, I felt a true burning commitment that I not only need to continue to giving from a personal side, but I also felt like from a business perspective, how much more of a blessing that could, could we be to others? And maybe it might come back to us in the same way. And sure enough, it, it did. Uh, many, many, many examples. One really cool one is, you know, we were still young. Like even when we published your book back in the, the late 2000s, you know, still not on many people's radar, but we were recognized for our giving. Um, NASDAQ invited us to ring the opening bell in 2008 because they saw our giving to Habitat for Humanity. And uh, that was very, very significant. So we, tiny little company going up to New York and ringing the opening bell, people thought we were going public and, and they just started to pay attention to us. And bookstores were buying our books from authors they've never heard of before because they saw us building houses down the street uh, from their stores, which really wasn't us, it was Habitat because we chose Habitat to be one of our building partners or one of our, our you know, giving partners. And it just opened up so many doors, it was almost laughable. But that's kind of the, the birth of seeing it in action, getting compelled, doing it, and then having a reward. Oftentimes I've sat down with the executive director of Habitat who's in, in that, that book, Performance Driven Giving, saying that I, I feel so guilty. I feel like I'm getting more from it than you are. And she says, I'm feeling so guilty. I feel like I'm getting more than you are. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the flow. That's what generosity and tithing principles and abundance principles, that's kind of how they work. Yes. So this is called performance driven giving. So what do you mean by that? What is performance driven giving? So performance driven giving is on the heels of, as you mentioned, performance driven thinking. It's a mindset. You know, our bodies, our lives, our nature is we perform every day. We are either going to perform well or we're going to perform poorly. It's a choice. Um, and the performance driven thinking is defined as the, the will and the desire to do something. And with the will and the desire and action, you know, amazing things can happen. So following that theme into the giving side, we're thinking, okay, you need to have the will and the desire to give, stick to it, and real opportunity can open up for you, not only from a business perspective, but from a, you know, a, a financial personal perspective. So it really is the same concept of just being intentional, understanding that there's a need bigger than you, that you have an opportunity to serve an audience, and where? Where can you find that off op, that opportunity and then executing? And then just sitting back, I say sitting back kind of jokingly, but sitting back and seeing the magic happen because of it. So it's a, a mindset thing. Yeah. And I know we've talked a little bit about business. This book is, I mean, you've got scriptural references in here. It's, it's personal, it's business, it's organizational, it's leadership. So I have a quote. This is from page 94 for those who are reading along. Oh, my favorite page. Yeah. So I, I knew it would be your favorite. I put a purple <laughs> sticky on it just for you. So it says the ultimate expression of good thinking is giving. The ultimate expression of good thinking is giving. The purpose of a business is not just to make a profit, but to do good in the world. And you could probably say the purpose of a life 
is not just to get by, but to do good in the world. That's right. The result is that we do well by doing good. So how does this relate not just to business, but also as individuals? Um, from, from an individual perspective, um, it kind of gives you that joy to get up in the morning, realizing that not only you're serving your family well, you're providing for your family, but you're serving your clients well with whatever widget that you might be selling. Um, because that power of giving opens up more opportunities to, to sell more, do more, reach more, have more impact on others. And then from a business perspective, realizing, you know, that for here's, here's an example that I alluded to earlier. Um, if you've got two identical businesses or opportunities, same widget, same quality, same reputation, same price, everything, everything's equal. If this one company has a public giving aspect in their business and this one does not, unconsciously 90% of the people will gravitate towards the one that's giving something, which increases not only you know, the awareness of who you are, the conversations about who you are, uh, but also serves you, your family, your staff and their family, your clients and their families, and then those others that are being impacted because of the giving that you're doing. Well, so I have now I have some uh, some tactical questions, some strategic questions. One of the things you talk about is the importance of mindset. So yes. what's your best tip in terms of stepping into the mindset of a, a generous giver? So that's a that's a good one. And it, it is a decision that you need to make every day. So similar to my my thinking, uh, which goes way back to the 90s as well. You know, I am going to be absolutely incredible every day. Today is going to be a phenomenal day. I'm going to have impact today. In many days, it's by faith, but every day it's on purpose. So the same thing with giving is choosing the right giving partner, the right path, or just being open to that tug of, I need to give now. Uh, one of the people I'm most inspired by, uh, and I, I think I may have mentioned her in the book, hopefully, is my bride. My bride keeps a stack of gift cards in her car all the time. And if she's driving down the road and she sees somebody that looks like they're in need, it will tug on her spirit and she'll she will turn around and drive miles back to go back to make sure that she fulfills you know, that giving. And it serves her and her spirit well, and it serves that particular person, sometimes unexpected, sometimes it may not have been the need, but who are we to decide on you know, whether that's, uh, that's relevant or not? Um, so that, that mindset is just being open to the, the possibilities and being sensitive. Same thing like with your in a restaurant. Um, obviously, you know, giving is a part of, uh, you know, restaurants, and we don't always realize that, you know, those servers are not paid minimum wage, they're, they earn most of their income, you know, by by tips, but also just being aware of their presence, understanding or feeling that there might be a need, or if there's a personal issue that maybe you're intentional by being a little bit extra, you know, for that particular day could absolutely change somebody's life. Um, those things just really come by just being aware of your surroundings and understanding that you have power even if it's in just a couple of dollars. I love that example. And I, I think about um, some of the people in our community where we've done, we're talking about financial giving, but you in this book, it's a lot more than financial giving. So there's so many different ways that we can support each other and be generous. Uh, yeah. I, I know I, I have a group that they'll, make uh, bags for the homeless uh, that have water, a water bottle and, and some crackers or, you know, some socks or razors or toothpaste or whatever. And they always have them in the back of the car to be able to, like your wife, to be able to reach out and help those when they see that opportunity. Yes. So what are some other ways that generosity can take shape? So you just, you just sparked a thought. So you're right. It doesn't always have to be money. In fact, not everybody's in a position to be able to give extra money because times have been tough. I mean, heck, even COVID 
the period of COVID was tough for us, even as a publisher. Yeah. You know, bookstores stay open by selling books. Bookstores that can't sell books and are closed, they return books to publishers to give, get their money back so they can pay their staff. You know? So it was, it was challenging. Uh, but you're right. Um, there are other ways that you can give. In fact, for me, one of the things, that if I'm with your permission, of course, I have a gift for your audience. Uh, but this particular gift doesn't cost me anything, but hopefully has high value to you and, your, and the audience. But I, I'd love to give you a copy of Performance Driven Gift or excuse me, Performance Driven Giving by going to performancedrivengift.com. Guys can get a free copy of that ebook. If you love it, tell all your friends. If you hate it, we never had this conversation, but hopefully that might have an impact. Excellent. Now, obviously, selfishly, I want to sell as many books as possible, but here's, here's the way it looks for me from a girly marketing perspective. I just gave hopefully a valuable gift to you, unexpected. Hopefully you will love it. Um, what, what I get out of it is, of course, the, the warm fuzzies, because that felt good. Uh, but also, I know that readers will beget readers from a, from a publishing perspective. People will talk about books they like. And I know 87% of people who read nonfiction books prefer print. So if you like it, you may end up buying the book, which then ultimately will come back to me. But really, ultimately, I want to encourage people to think about giving in a different way. Yes, it might sound a little selfish to think about what can I get because I give, but the reality is that's how it works. Yeah, that is how it works. I love it. So there's some mindset tips. So now in terms of just implementation, you know, so I may think, oh, I need my nest egg or I need my margin or, you know, like does giving really work for me? How do we get into that habit of being givers? The habit is most important. Um, making it easy for yourself, building it into the budget if necessary, but being intentional, you know, having that mindset. But here, I'll give you an example. How I got involved with Habitat for Humanity. So you're, I'm a publisher, you know, as, as, as you, some of you may have already heard. Publishers aren't always known for giving back, but I came to the, came to the market with the intention. I'm like, well, who can I give? Who can I support? What entity? So I, I chose a, something that meant something to me. So I've always been a big fan of homeownership. I know the power of community in homeownership. Um, I bought my first house when I was 20 years old, um, instilled by my parents that that was a, a value, which I still believe. So I'm thinking, and, and back in the early days, not only was I a home builder, <laughs> I was also a mortgage banker, which is related to building business. Um, and it was in, in banking when I ended up first starting to write books, but I was close to that space and still feel that way. So I chose Habitat for Humanity as my hopeful partner. So little old me, brand spanking new company, have nothing to offer and don't have excess cash <laughs> at this point. And I call up Habitat and says, I want to give you stuff. And they're like, uh, well, thanks. Uh, but uh, unless you can commit to $600,000 a year, and I'm not throwing Habitat under the bus, you have to have parameters. They said, well, we, we really don't have the bandwidth to help you help us, you know? And I'm like crushed. I'm like, well, there went that idea. I don't have $600,000 yet, but maybe one day, you know, but I didn't have it. So they then said, however, which I love the however part, why don't you connect with one of your local affiliates and see if there's something that you might be able to work together because this is the stuff that we grew on. This is who we are and this is how we became who we are today and how we're serving so many people. But from a corporate perspective, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so I, I, I knew our local affiliate, uh, didn't know why I didn't start there first, but I'm thinking I'm a national company. Um, so I go to local affiliate and I just share my thoughts. I said, I don't have anything to offer you, but I do know that Habitat needs funds, of course, awareness, uh, and opportunity for people to learn about it. Well, I guess it's the same thing as awareness. There were three things, funds, awareness, and um, volunteers. Mm -hmm. 
I said, well, we, what I can do is, you know, we're a book publisher. We're publishing lots of good, successful books. I'd love to just put you, you know, on the back of our books and say that, hey, we're, we're raising awareness for Habitat. And then as I start to become successful, I promise I will donate money. <laughs> and she embraced me. She said, this is exactly what we need. We need awareness. We need this and that and the other. So in the books, we put a little statement in there about the mission of Habitat, why it was important to me, encourage people to donate, but encourage people to, to volunteer because they, you know, they do a lot of volunteer opportunities, whether they're team building or just individual, you know, individuals getting out there to help. And then as we grew as a publisher, we've been able to continue to, to give more, but it started from that. I have nothing to offer, but an idea. Mm. And that was my initial gift to them, but they ended up giving me the gift of how I could make it happen. And it just grew from there. I love it. You can start where you are and start small. You talk about baby steps. Yeah. And, and they become small wins, which is a big part of performance driven thinking, but yeah, absolutely. I love it. Okay. So we did mindset. We did some tactical things. Also talk a little bit about receiving generosity. For those of us who we love to give, we give, 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 very, very generous. But when it comes back to us, maybe we're not quite as open. Yeah. And, and that's funny. That's that's the, the nature of, of, uh, of givers is that receiving can be hard. And if, and for us, we're like, no, 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 I, you know, I may not need this or I'm not worthy, you know, but the, the reality is if you just kind of look at it from the original perspective of why you're giving and look at it from their shoes, they may need the blessing more than you because it is such a blessing. It is such a, a good thing and a feeling to give, but the receiver part is, it has to be intentional too. It is hard to receive. I mean, I, you know, I, I often will try to give in, a, in any way that I can and it's, and I'm still struggling with receiving and I have to understand that this isn't about me. This is about them and I can gratefully take it. Um, but it is also a mindset. You'll find that if once you start releasing those barriers that you don't always have to be the one giving, even though I'm teaching giving and be a gracious receiver, um, it can ultimately have an impact. And you may not realize why that why you needed that, or you may not realize the blessing that somebody was having by facilitating that. You know, they may, may have been giving a lot of their resources to you, um, just like you might be doing for others. Uh, but uh, be open. To, to recognize the situation, uh, maybe be a little bit patient not to act so quickly if somebody else wants to pick up the check. Uh, not that you have to be obvious and kind of fight over it, but those are the little things. But be, being a gracious receiver can have as much of a, of a joy on your life as you can imagine as being a giver. But it is intentional and it is not easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Practice, practice and baby steps. Maybe. Well, right. and I, I agree. Like one of the things I, I was reading in here that I absolutely align with is that idea that when you give, when you are generous, that there's receiving in being able to give because it just feels so good. It feels so good to be generous. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't receive it, then you're denying someone that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't want that. We don't want to deny someone else's blessing. That's for sure. <laughs> right. I love it. What is your vision? Imagine a world where everyone gets this, you know, they get the ideas, they get the principles, they're putting them into action. What does that create in the world? What's your vision for what's possible? So uh, you'll love this reference. So my vision for what's possible is, um, is certainly being demonstrated by organizations on a daily basis, like a company called bookshop.org. So bookshop is a bookstore, online bookstore that opened up in February of 2020, the month before the world shut down. <laughs> Oh, ouch. And um, I, I forget their exact company organization, corporation status or nonprofit status, but basically they give 90% of their money away and they operate on 
And they do it by supporting their competitors or what we lay people might think of as their competitors. Their entire mission in life is to raise awareness and funds for independently owned bookstores. But yet they've got this massive bookstore with every bookstore on the planet available. So how does that competition model support them? Well, here's how they do it. Um, if you go to bookshop.org, you'll find an incredible database of every independent bookstore in your community. And if you buy a book from bookshop.org, which you certainly could, they will send an email to you and say, hey, thanks for buying Mindy's book. Did you know there here's here's five here they are five independent bookstores that are right around the corner from you. Why don't you go develop a relationship with them and buy your next book from them? And they end up giving money to those independent bookstores. So to date, over $20 million has been given back to independent bookstores from the profits at Bookshop. And any John or Jane Doe person can set up an affiliate program with bookshop.org, and they'll even give you a little piece to sell books on, on, uh, on Bookshop. Um, so that's really cool for authors, because then you can kind of double dip. You get a royalty from your publisher, and you get a little commission on the front end from selling it, which is awesome. But then they still give money to the bookstores, still raise awareness for those independent bookstores. And they even partner with the independent bookstores to help them create their own web presences on their platform to support those stores. It's like, that is what I want. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. And if I could give away 90% of my money, I would, I would have more than I could ever dream of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. You, you talk about tithing. I've heard about reverse tithing. It's where you, you give away 90 and you keep 10 instead of giving away 10 and keeping 90. It's exactly so. where I want to be one day. Uh, me too. That's on my bucket list too. I, I love that idea. Bookshop is amazing, but uh, they're living that 90-10 rule. Love it. I love it. And I didn't know about them. So I, I'm going to go poke around and, and see. see? So <laughs> connecting is an act of generosity. Sharing ideas is an act of generosity. Amen. You having me on here. Yes, I, I love it. I love it. And I love the opportunity to share good things, to share your book and to let people know about this. I think there's a lot of people who, whether you're in a nonprofit organization or you're with a faith community uh, or a business, an entrepreneur, this the, the ideas in this are so universal um, that it's, it's exciting to share it. Thank you. So the, the podcast is called What If It All Goes Right? And we always conclude with a process that we call What If Upping? which is where we generate what if ideas around whatever the theme is. So the theme for this week is generosity. You have any what ifs? Like what are some possibilities that come to you for what's possible when people really step into generosity? I tell you what, one of the things that's, that could be possible with stepping into generosity is um, easing tensions and conflicts um, relieving stress for both you and the giver. You know, what if you could go out your, go throughout your day uh, and have a positive wake behind you of lives that are changed just because you walked into their lives? Again, whether you're giving financially or time or resources, you know, what if you can change 10 people's lives by just going throughout your regular day and they end up changing 10 people's lives? Look where we'll all be 12 months from now. Yes. A different world. Yeah, a different world. What if, you know, you talk about being generous with our spouses, with our kids, with our families, with our coworkers, with our, with the person, uh, the Uber driver. <laughs> so what, <laughs> right. What if, yeah, there are ripples far beyond what we can ever truly know or imagine. So where can people go to learn more and to get access to the book? So I do have some, uh, some resources for you. If you go to performance driven giving.com. Uh, you can learn where the bookstores are that have the book, but also you can get some bonuses for buying the physical book. Certainly I want you to take the ebook, love it, 
have it, it's yours. But if you want the physical book, go to performancedrivengiving.com. I'll give you a copy of the uh, the audio interviews to some of the experts I interviewed in the book, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, but I interviewed both the executive director of Habitat, the executive director of, um, of uh, Ronald McDonald House. I talked to CEOs of billion dollar companies on the giving side. I talked to CEOs of mega um, nonprofits who are on the receiving side. All those audios are for free. And I think we've got a, a worksheet uh, so that you can go through to figure out how can I implement giving in my everyday life. I'll give that to you for free, but just go to performancedrivengiving.com to learn more about where the book is and to grab some of those resources. Well, you just sparked an idea because as I was reading through some of these interviews, they're all fantastic. There was one that really touched my heart. Oh, tell me. So in one of these interviews, you have the author of Freelance to Freedom, and he talks about teaching generosity to his children. And one of the things that he did, uh, they would do this every Christmas Eve because, you know, kids, you know, Christmas is, you know, presents, presents, I get to receive, 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 but he wanted it to be something more. So they started this tradition, he and his wife, where on Christmas Eve, they would go to, you know, parts of town where they could see that there's probably some needs and they would... Could just, you can just open your eyes and see sometimes like who could use a little a little a little gift and they would go around with $20 bills and candy canes and just give to people that they felt inspired and moved to give to and he shares a couple examples of you know seeing uh, one woman who is clearly you know it's it's late on Christmas Eve yeah. she's barely got shoes on her feet she's cold and they give her the $20 and a candy cane and just the tears that come to her eyes just to be seen so much so that they kept circling back and giving her another one, (laughs) another one, one, because she was so grateful for the gift and it was so well received. Yeah. Uh, And then he also talked about that same night going to a different area in that neighborhood and finding another woman. And he says that they gave her the $20 and the candy cane. And she told them it was the first time anyone had ever given her a Christmas gift. Wow. Yeah. And to be able to demonstrate the beauty of giving, not just to experience it ourselves, but to be a role model for it, to be showing our kids. Yeah. This is a, a way of living that really is, as you say, our cup runneth over and giving allows us to own that my cup does runneth over, even when sometimes it feels like maybe it doesn't. Amen. And what a powerful way to teach giving. We all know that there's a, there's an aspect of retaining when you teach, but there's a significant aspect of retaining when you do. So Vincent going through not only teaching his kid the principle, but involving them in the actual doing of it, they're changed forever. Yeah. Yeah. My final question for you, how has giving and generosity how has it changed you? How has it brought joy to your life? Uh, I tell you what, um, every aspect of giving just brings further joy. Uh, I, I had the privilege of actually joining the board of Habitat for Humanity. So not only being able to, to participate in, in giving funds to create the houses that were being done, but to celebrate with the families on their uh, you know, dedication day when we hand them the keys, cut the ribbon. Um, that is just powerful. Tears and tissues everywhere. Uh, but also from a, a team building perspective. So once a year in Virginia, our, our team will join in with Habitat in something called the Women's Build Program, where Morgan James will sponsor a house. All of the women in, in the local community of, of, of Morgan James's staff will go 
build the house with the, the team. Now they let men come too, because it's about including women, not excluding men. Uh, but we actually have a chance to lay hammers to nails, raise the walls up. A couple of times they let me put doorknobs on while they were doing really important stuff. But it really is a great way to capitalize on the team building aspect of it. So for me, uh, it becomes threefold. The family, the, the warmth of giving, but actually putting the sweat into it to making it work and bonding with those that are doing it with you while we're serving others. There's just a level of, um, of joy and peace that comes with that. That's indescribable. I love it. Well, thank you, David, so much. So great to have you on the show today. Oh, it's my honor. Hopefully I added some value and uh, it's a privilege to see you again. Well, yes, you did indeed. Thank you, David Hancock, for joining us today. Check out today's show notes for the links to all of David's free gifts for our What If Up community. The What If Up Club is a nonprofit organization on a mission to elevate humanity by spreading hope, building connection, and inspiring positive change. This podcast, as well as our What If Up community, is made possible because of the generosity of our members and listeners like you. If you want to help bring more messages like this to people around the world, you can donate today at whatifup.org donate. Thank you for tuning in. What If joining us today inspires one bold idea for unleashing the power of generosity in your life and beyond. I'm Mindy Audlin. I'll see you next time right here on What If It All Goes Right. <laughs>